Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. It is time to draft, and we are ready to give you a live mock draft here on Fantasy Baseball today, so you know exactly what to expect, or hopefully exactly what to expect on draft day. Adam Azer, Scott White, Heath Cummings, Chris Towers, and eight others partaking in a head-to-head categories draft. Twelve teams... And how do we feel about this format, guys? How are we feeling about head-to-head categories right now? It's it's my favorite. (laughs) This is going to be an uncomfortable draft for me today (laughs) because not only is it a format where I'm not as comfortable, um, but I'm picking 12th, which is if there's there's kryptonite for the the tiers approach, it's picking at the end because so much of it is anticipating what's going to happen next. You've got to throw it out the window. I don't even think it's... It's so much the tiers approach and having to anticipate what's going to happen. I think it's just if you like a player, if that's your guy, you kind of have to take him. Go get Even him. Even if you think he's he should be taken eight picks later when you're at the turn or twenty yeah. picks later. Yeah, you kind of got to get your guy. I hate it. It seems like wasted value. I hate it. I hate picking at the end. I love it at the top. <laughs> Getting Mookie Betts is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Okay, so like I said, twelve teams. I had the fifth pick. Scott has the 12th pick. Heath, you are 10th. Chris, where are you? Second. Second. Okay. All right, so let's recap because we had a pretty surprising pick at number three overall. We had Mike Trout to Tom Oganowski. Chris took Mookie Betts. Kayla Van Horn took Trey Turner. Then Connor Henry took Jose Ramirez. And I knew I was going to have to decide between Jose Jose Altuve and Nolan Arenado. I decided to go with Nolan Arenado uh, fifth overall. And then Ronald Acuna went sixth. So Trey Turner third, Jose Ramirez fourth. And then Arenado, Ronald Acuna, Jose Altuve. How about that top seven, guys? And we, we can talk even more. Uh, another inter- Scherzer still are not off the board as Heath's on the clock. Heath, what are you going to do at number 10? J.D. Martinez, Christian Yelich were the previous two picks. And what are you going to do here at 10? I really hate this because I had planned on going very RP heavy. You do have to have two starting pitchers in this draft. And I really didn't think there was any chance Scherzer would be there at 10. I think I have to take him. Okay. I didn't want to. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to talk about the format in a second. It's a little bit different than some other head-to-head categories leagues. But I'm going to let Scott decide what to do. He's on the clock with 12 and 13. Scott, talk it out. And then after that, we need to discuss Trey Turner going going ahead of Jose Ramirez and Ronald Acuna going sixth overall. Uh, But Scott, Bryce Harper's off the board. Uh, You could take... I, I bet Scott's going one pitcher, one hitter here, but you talk it out, Scott White, 12 and 13. Yeah, so I, I think I'm definitely going to take Bregman, Alex Bregman. He's, uh, I have him ranked higher than this, so it's, it's nice, a nice luxury to get him here. Um, you know, Chris Sale kind of made me uneasy this spring. Jacob deGrom's there too. There's the first base scarcity. I could go Goldschmidt. Manny Machado's actually my topped ranked player. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm going to go Paul Goldschmidt. I'm going to go ahead and fill first base uh, because I know, I know Freeman won't be getting back to me. I know Rizzo won't be getting back to me. I don't want to have to, uh, you know, picking at the end. I can't count on timing the Jose Abreu pick just right. So I'm going to go ahead and fill that scarce position with Goldschmidt. It'll be interesting to see which pitchers are available to you in rounds three and four. And you do need to start some starting pitchers in this format as Jacob Degrom goes. 
But what do you think about Trey Turner going third overall, guys? I, I just wrote about him in my breakers breakouts 2.0. I, it's, I think we have to remember that his down season was the number 17 hitter in this format. And there is a very clear path to a season where he hits 290, scores 110 runs, hits 20 home runs, and steals 50 bases. There's, if he there's, does that, he's probably the most valuable player in fantasy. There's a clear path to being the number one overall player. Yep. It's not the most likely path, but mm-hmm. I think the error bars on a player like Trey Turner, and this is kind of the argument that you've been making about Adalberto Mondesi, except to a greater extent, the error bars are pretty, pretty minimal, you know, like, the lowest I could see him getting if he plays 150 games is 25 or so, and he could be number one. There aren't a ton of players. I still wouldn't take him over Jose Ramirez, but I think there there is a very good argument to be made to take him fourth in this format after Ramirez. That being said, I mean, this is the third year we've basically had this same discussion about Trey Turner, and so far it it, it hasn't manifested. That doesn't mean it necessarily won't i mean obviously that the talk early this spring about how his manager wants him attempting 70 steals that was kind of a game changer uh but yeah, that's, to it's it's too early for me given the kind of bats you're passing up nolan arenado uh especially yeah i it would have been a tough call for me i guess uh although i was i had pretty much narrowed it down to arenado and altuve but certainly turner entered my mind at five he was off the board he hit 271 last year with 19 homers 73 rbis 103 runs and 43 steals in, yeah, kind of a down year. He was the number five shortstop. He was the number 17 overall hitter, as Heath mentioned. Oh, I'm back on the clock. Excuse me. I'll go through some of the picks that we've seen. Also, we have to talk. We don't like Acuna sixth overall, right? We, we like him more in the middle of the second round. Yep. Okay. Especially if he's hitting fourth. You know, I, I started looking into it, and I I would set the over-under on steal attempts with him at, like, 21 and a half. And so... That's ma- that's gonna make it really tough. That puts a lot of onus on his bat. That you know that means he probably has to hit like 290 with a lot of power. And you know if he doesn't, there's a chance he's just kind of Justin Upton. Okay, I just took, that's the comp you made. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I think the down. Like I, Acuna's gonna be great, yeah. right? There's there's not really any concerns. He's just going to bottom out. The downside is probably something on the level of like a Justin Upside, and that's that's the downside. Uh, upside's great, but again, it's it's a matter of like I don't want to blow my first pick. You know, there there are so many consistent super studs out there that why do why do we have to elevate Acuna to that level yet? It's it just seems like an unnecessary risk. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm so uh, right now. we're we're in round two, and and Chris is on the clock. I want to recap just round one. I'm going to read the picks. Uh, it was Trout, Betts, Trey Turner. Uh, four was sorry where uh. Who was for? Oh, Jose Ramirez. Nolan Arenado, Ronald Acuna, Jose Altuve, J.D. Martinez, Christian Yelich, Max Scherzer, Bryce Harper, Alex Bregman. Round two, Scott started it out with Paul Goldschmidt. And then I think Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom. Freddie Freeman to Heath. He loves Freddie Freeman. Uh, Charlie Blackman, Chris Sale. Francisco Lindor, Justin Verlander. I probably would have taken Verlander there if he had been available, but he wasn't. So I was between Aaron Judge and Manny Machado. I took Aaron Judge. Then Machado went. Then Kluber. Then Chris took Trevor Bauer. Tom Oganoski took Trevor Story and Blake Snell. And Chris, you are back on the clock with Trevor Bauer and Mookie Betts. What do you got? This has not gone the way I hoped it would. My plan, if I'm picking second, is Charlie Blackman's going to be there. He always is. And he went like 18th or 16th overall. The one person 
who believes Charlie Blackman is still worth a borderline first round pick happens to be playing and picking ahead of me. So <laughs> that kind of screwed me up. And now I don't know what to do. Well, you have a pick. Well, I think you ended up taking an ace with your second pick, Bauer, which I think if, if you're picking in, in the early stages of the, of the draft, you know, the first half, you kind of have to take your ace in that round two, guys. three range. Shock us. Shock you guys. No. Aaron, only two, two pitchers. Oh, you, you know, it's really funny because my top three players I looked at on your last pick. So four picks ago and thought, well, Chris doesn't want any of those guys. So you were going to shock me no matter what you, what you did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're. I think you're. You're a little low on Bauer. Uh, right. I think I probably took him two rounds ahead of where you think he should go. But no, just just one. I just. I. I think he's just gonna be awesome. I. I really. I've mostly lost my doubts about him. I think there's no reason to think he's gonna be an injury risk. Ah, well, the only thing is, and you mentioned it, but he even he tweeted something out the other day, which you've got to be careful with Trevor Bauer tweets. Yeah. But <laughs> it looks like he's trying to throw six different pitches this year. And yeah, that's great. No, it's, it's great. Like, it's like I said earlier in the offseason. He could tinker his way back to being mediocre. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think his approach to developing new pitches is pretty sound. Uh, this offseason, he spent working on developing a changeup that's modeled after his teammate Carlos Carrasco's. You know, if, if you got to do it, that's a pretty good one. And yeah, he's gonna throw six different pitches. It, it's that's a lot. It might be tough to to keep them all there, but you know what? If the changeup throws him off, he can just ditch it and go back to what he did last year when he was the third best pitcher in baseball. So I, I mean, he definitely seems like a guy who's going to come up with some new plan and then just throw it away. There's it a, look, there is definitely a risk, <laughs> um, but I think his upside is just about as high as anyone's. All right, let's recap some picks. I was, I definitely was very angry at what just happened there. So round three <laughs> was, uh, Trevor Store. No, it was Blake Snell, then no one, uh, Aaron Nola to Chris, then Giancarlo Stanton. Now when Chris took Aaron Nola, I had Nola and Cole in my queue and I said, if I don't get one of these two pitchers, I'm going to go with a hitter because I don't want to take Carlos Carrasco or Noah Syndergaard here in round three. They feel like more like late round three or round four picks to me. So then, of course, Giancarlo Stanton went. And Garrett Cole went right before me. So my pitchers were off the board, and I had no idea what to do. I have Aaron Judge and Nolan Arenado. I need some speed. I took Whit Merrifield. Was it too early for Whit Merrifield? I was going to take him if he fell to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so not a terrible yeah. pick. Now I have Nola, uh, Nolan Arenado, excuse me, Aaron Judge and Whit Merrifield, the balanced team right now. So after that, we'll get to what Heath was thinking. Scott is on the clock and breathing heavily, not happy. Javier Baez, <laughs> Juan Soto, Anthony Rizzo, Carlos Carrasco, and Heath, with your third pick, you took? Well, I mean, it'll surprise no one. He's the happiest person in America, right? Yes, I took Andrew Benintendi at 34 overall, like 20 picks after where I have him. got his probably. number five overall player in the <laughs> third round. And I was looking for someone to give me something in steals. I was hoping that I would get Whit Merrifield. I'm happy to get Benintendi. And with Freeman and Benintendi, I've got a huge jump on batting average as well. So I'm going to need to find some power at some point. But uh, this is this is starting off well. Scott, talk to me about what you did at the 3-4 turn. Okay, so I don't think it's any surprise to anybody that if, if Ra- Adalberto Mondesi is still out there in round four in a categories league, uh, I'm going to take him. Obviously, I'm kicking off round four. So it could have been end of round three, however you want to look at it. I, I also took an ace, Noah Syndergaard, because I know um, 
they're all going to be gone, probably, except for maybe Granky, who I'd be happy to take as my second ace. But Carrasco and Corbin, maybe Walker Bueller, they're the only one, other ones left from that tier, and, and they're not making it back to me. I wanted to make sure I had that good number one starting pitcher. Um, I did have a, a, a small dilemma, a small little debate between Mondesi and Starling Marte, who um, will do something similar. I don't think necessarily quite as high end but more reliably do something similar at maybe a weaker position but i went without alberto mondesi because i was looking for the biggest impact i could one of these three guys is going to snipe Marte from adam right <laughs> so <laughs> my who'd you who'd you take Heath? by the way after uh, i took jt Realmoto. he was there at the top of the fourth round not quite as valuable in this as most of our category leagues because it's just a one catcher league i think but he still, still is he, i mean he's still I, the I, I think gonna, he has second round upside half the league's gonna start a player mm-hmm. maybe more than half the league is gonna start a player who literally <laughs> would not be on a roster yeah if he didn't play catcher i, I actually think you can make the case that an, an elite catcher is even more valuable in a one catcher league because you know roster sizes are smaller in general it's easier for everyone to to get a quality player across. The, well, catcher's the one position where that isn't true, where you can get a clear advantage even in leagues where the, it is such a small lineup. I mean, if Real Muto does what we think he's going to do and hits 25 homers and bats 280 with 180 runs in RBI combined, maybe steals six or seven bases. My team's awesome. That's not that different from what we probably expect from Anthony Rendon or Carlos Correa, maybe. And Scott does mock me for always liking my team at the end of a draft. Like, <laughs> there's very rarely a time where I say, "Man, I I did a bad job this time." But I am so happy after four rounds to have the cle- my clear number one catcher, my number one first baseman, my number one starting pitcher, and in my opinion, a top five outfielder, at least a top ten outfielder. We got breaking news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, do. The earliest Luis Severino will come off the DL is May. Brian Cashman just announced that. So, okay, let's. He's talk- not going to go for a while in this draft. Yeah, let's talk about this draft right now. Chris, you're on the clock. I'll recap some of the picks here. Scott started out round four with Sin- with Mondesi, Cindergard at the end of round three, then Mondesi, Reese Hoskins, Ray Almuto to Heath, Cody Bellinger, Chris Bryant, Patrick Corbin, then Donkey Teeth took Starling Marte right before my pick, but I was going to take a starting pitcher anyway. <laughs> Because I had Arenado, Judge, and Merrifield. So I took Steven Strasburg. You know, I'm worried about Walker Bueller's innings. So I'm just going to take Steven Strasburg because that makes a ton of sense. But remember what, <laughs> what happened to me in the auction where I missed all the aces. And then I, my plan was to go Strasburg and Paxton. That is currently my plan. I have Bueller and Paxton in my queue. I'm up in five picks. I'm up in four picks. We'll see what happens. Granky just went. So this is how I will make up for it. Now, I need to point so, this out. Hold on. I need to point this out. And I actually might not do this because things are a little different in this league. It's two starting pitchers, two relief pitchers, and three pitcher spots. So that's kind of what Yahoo defaults to. Uh, two starters, two relievers, and and three pitcher spots. That does change things. Maybe I don't need that second ace. I'm probably not. You know what? Yeah, be, because I don't need five starting pitchers, I'm not going to take a starting pitcher here most likely. Uh, Chris, you you just selected Lorenzo Cain after Springer and Granky were off the board. You also took Great Gary pick. Sanchez. So what's your team looking like yeah, right now? Yeah, I was torn. I was trying to figure out whether I should go for big power bat, Chris Davis. I don't mind locking up my t- utility spot this early when it's Chris Davis doing it. Um, 
I couldn't I couldn't tell whether what I needed more was power or batting average. And it was either Davis or Lorenzo Kane for me. Those were the two top ones at my on my queue. And I went with Kane because I can fig I figure I can get eighty percent of what Chris Davis does with a Nelson Cruz or maybe an Edwin Encarnacion, uh, you know, maybe four rounds from now. Um, as long as none of you guys take them now that you know what I want. Probably going to. But um I just think Lorenzo Cain's a little less replaceable in this kind of format because he's going to give me a healthy amount of steals. He's going to hit probably double-digit homers in that park. We know he's a good batting average guy. There's going to be a ton of runs in RBI. He's just a really solid all-around player in this in this format. Guys, I want to talk about I want to talk about my pick um, and why format matters. So instead of five starting pitchers and two relievers, we're doing two starters, two relievers, and three pitcher spots that could be either starters or relievers. If we needed more starting pitchers, Walker Bueller's still on the board and it's 56 overall. Like I would have taken yeah. him for sure. But because we can kind of, you know, change, change our strategies a little bit in this head to head categories, I took Edwin Diaz, first person to take a closer. I took him, I think, 53rd overall. So ordinarily I would have gone with Bueller there. I think he's a, he's just like an amazing value right now. I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Um, but I went with Diaz. Be, I, he's falling really far. No, he, it's, it's surprise, like, if, if, from everything I've done with mock drafts, uh, ADPs, uh, looking at consensus rankings, I thought I was the only one in the industry who ranked Zach Granke ahead of Walker Bueller, but, um, Tom Oganowski in this draft took Zach Granke here in the start of round five with Bueller still out there. So I, I don't know if that has to do with the Dodgers slow playing Bueller this spring. Um, I think he either just made his debut or he hasn't made it yet. He's about to, um, so that that might be raising some concern in people, but obviously he's not he's not the proven ace in that he hasn't handled the workload for a full season. Over the final couple pitching six plus innings consistently with a sub two ERA looked great, but until you had delivered that two hundred inning season, I don't think anyone can be confident you can. The guy who was just taken is the first one that I would say should not have gone ahead of Walker Buehler. I'm. Almost certainly the lowest on this podcast on him. I, it's not that I don't think he's going to be good. I just there's there's a lot more risk than his current price uh, in ADP. Who is he? Bakes in. You got to say oh, who Mike he is. Clevenger. <laughs> Thank you. Just went one pick ahead of Walker Bueller. I, that's the that's the point, and maybe Edwin Diaz, but that's the point where that's the one where I'm like, okay, we we went a little too far. People probably forgot about Walker Bueller. Um, yeah, a little bit too much. Okay, well, ben, Scott, I, I do have one question for you. Well, can I can I jump in? Because I I'm sorry, you, uh, hold hold your question, Chris. Um, so no. Scott took Walker <laughs> Bueller 60th. He took Scooter Jeanette 61st. What are you guys doing with your pitching staff in this format? It's a weekly head-to-head categories league, and you know you don't have to start more than two starting pitchers. You don't have to start more than two relief pitchers. What do you do? It's not exactly wild wild west here. Scott, Scott, or Adam. Mm-hmm. That was. Ooh, something happened there. Adam. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask you the same question because <laughs> you're, you're talking about the format makes it so that you want to take Edwin Diaz. The next question I have is, are you going to take four closers? Like, oh. Is that your strategy here? My strategy, getting two aces, which is something I normally do not do. I don't think I'm going to take another pitcher again until probably round 12. Yeah. I wanted one ace and then I'm probably, we'll see how things end up, but I'm probably going to have five relievers in my starting lineup. 
I'll have another starting pitcher that I'm excited about. And then I'll have a few on the bench that can provide upside. It may come to a point if things go right for later in the year, I'm starting four or five starting pitchers. But I'm going to start the year very relief heavy. You should get a Ripaps. Ripasp. I'm not I'm not overthinking it. I'm, I'm approaching it basically like I would a Roto League where I'm going to, you know, I want two ace caliber pitchers, starting pitchers. I'm going to get at least two closers, maybe a third. Uh, you know, Heath's kind of, with the podcast for the People League, uh, Heath's kind of brought me around to the idea that more of your pitching staff needs to be middle relievers and you don't have to worry so much about wins and strikeouts. But that is a 16-team league versus this 12-team league where you can be sure there are going to be high-end middle relievers popping up on waivers throughout the season. We don't even know who all of those guys are yet. So I... I'd, I'd rather build, um, hope to build some, but something that can be consistently competitive in wins and strikeouts as well as everything else. And if it doesn't work out, then I can change streams mid-season. Obviously, this is a mock, but hypothetically, I could change streams mid-season and and um, fill more of those spots with uh, efficiency relievers instead. How do you guys feel about Tommy Pham? I'm considering him 68th overall. I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw as my number two pitcher. I think it's time. Um, but uh, what do you, you know, and I think it's a little easier to take Kershaw here because if he doesn't work out, it's not the deepest of leagues. And if I have to pivot to a relief heavy strategy, I can do that. So there are more options with your pitching staff. So I'll take a little bit more of a gamble. Tommy Pham actually went with a pick after me. I, we are so far behind on picks. So I think, I think, um, you know what? How do you feel about Tommy Pham's 70th overall? Tell me that. I, I think it's fine value. Tommy Pham in general gives me anxiety because it, it always seems like there's something going on with him, whether it's his eyesight issue popping up again or he's injury prone or he just seems to have these mechanical glitches. Uh, at, at his best, though, I, I think he's a stud and he's a five-category stud who also walks a lot, um, just a really potentially high-end player. But I'm not even remote like he's already dealing with an injury problem this spring i'm not even remotely confident he's going to meet that upside okay so how about we go through rounds 4 5 and 6 we're in the we're in the beginning of round 7 here and first i'll ask uh, heath round 4 tell me if there are any like really good or really bad picks mondesi hoskins realmuto bellinger bryant corbin marte strasburg correa vado gary sanchez springer I pretty much love that entire round. Like almost everybody feels like a good pick in that range. That's a weird thing to say for the fourth round of a draft because that's sometimes where things get a little bit hairy. But I really like the upside for Carlos Correa. I think that Strasburg, again, another very high upside pick. Obviously love my Real Moto pick. I almost took Mondesi ahead of where Scott took him. I, I really like that entire round. Okay, Scott, round five. Tell me if any picks stand out as either really good or bad. Granky, Kane. Paxton, Albies, Edwin Diaz, uh, Eugenio Suarez, Jose Abreu, Bogarts, Karis Davis, Matt Carpenter, Mike Clevenger, Walker Bueller. Oh, man. Uh, I don't think – I mean, probably my least favorite pick is Matt Carpenter just because I think there's more bust potential than, than he gets credit pick. for on this. Yeah, I mean, obviously he took him. He likes him. I, I get it, but – I think there's downside there. I also don't, and this goes for every draft. I mean, this is a normal spot for Ozzy Albies to be taken. I don't think it really makes sense to prioritize him over Scooter Jeanette or even like Daniel Murphy. 
uh, given some of the downside we saw over the final two-thirds of last season. So I don't love that. But for the most part, it's fine. I actually think Karis Davis is really good value here. Um, you know, I, normally his profile brings some concerns, but three 40 homer seasons in a row, I don't think there's much doubt about what he can provide. And in a, in a five by five league, you know, normally we're, we talk about it in a roto sense where you have all these different hitter spots to fill, but in a five by five league that uses a head to head lineup, so no corner infielder, no middle infielder, three outfielders instead of five. I feel like a key is getting impact from every spot. You you can't you you can't really have any let up no anywhere jack. in your lineup. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And Chris da- Karis Davis is. Uh, do we have to call? Him? No, no. no. Chris, other Chris. He's Davis the only Chris matter. Davis left. Yeah, he's the only last one standing. <laughs> uh, um, but okay. yeah, I mean, he's definitely that. Okay, so that's round five. Uh, we're into the middle of round seven, and Chris, give me your thoughts on round six. Any really good or really bad picks? Uh, we're seeing uh, it's a little bit of uh, variance from ADP as we're looking at Steele's guys. Scooter Jeanette, so this is starting at 61 overall, going through 72 overall. Scooter Jeanette, Victor Robles, Travis Shaw, Jonathan VR, Jamison Tyone, Armand Marquez, Vladimir Guerrero, Clayton Kershaw, Tommy Pham, Daniel Murphy, Joey Gallo, Blake Trinan. I don't like it. <laughs> any of it i mean <laughs> i think there are, there are fine picks in there but this i mean this gets into the range of pitcher that i just avoid i just don't want to pay a premium for you know i like jameson tyone i like Armand marquez but i just feel like you're paying a premium without pricing in enough of the downside there um so this is the range where i'm just going to generally be a little more pessimistic about uh the picks being made and then i think like I like Robles, I like Jonathan VR. I think their reaches there. The best pick is probably either Clayton Kershaw or Daniel Murphy for me because those are two guys who do have, I think, elite upside. Clayton Kershaw can still, I think, be an ace, especially now that it looks like he's going to be ready, if not on opening day, not far after. Um, and Daniel Murphy, the injury risk is there, but we've said it enough times. I, he could hit 330 in course with 25 homers like the the, there's a lot of upside there he is perfectly suited for that ballpark so that brings us to round seven and we are about to end round seven scott if you want to maybe pause the draft and we'll get to your picks and you can kind of live pick them um but this is pick 73 through 84 or 73 through 83 and we'll wait for 84 glaber torres Corey seager to chris uh jack flaherty aj pollock i was probably going to take aj pollock 77th overall, but he went 76th overall, so I took Eloy Jimenez. Great uh, pick. Kenley, thank you. You were going to take him, right? Oh, yeah. Kenley Jansen, Jose Barrios, Aroldis Chapman, Miguel Andujar. Bad pick, right? Very. Uh, Mitch Hanniger to Heath. Bad pick, right? Outstanding. Uh, I actually have Hanniger ranked ahead of Eloy. I think he'll give you better numbers for the full season than Eloy does. But I was going to take Eloy because I think upside matters just a little bit more in this format right. than it does in our standard Roto. League. Right. So why didn't you take Conforto or Puig or something like that? Because Conforto went right after Hanniger, and now Scott is on the clock with his seventh pick. So all right, here's, they, here's they may have a little more upside than Hanniger, but I really think that it looks pretty similar to what Hanniger is going to do, and I just feel more confident that he's going to give you close to 190 runs plus RBI, hit 25 plus home runs, and give you a good average. Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. 
Scott, you're making your seventh and eighth picks. I want you to tell us your team. And then I'm, then Heath, you're going to do the same in two picks. We're all in the seventh round. We're going to say who we have, what we're thinking, and, and then make the picks. Go ahead, Scott. The eighth round. All right. So I have an infield of Paul Goldschmidt, Scooter Jeanette, Alex Bregman, and Adalberto Mondesi. I don't think any surprise I filled my infield already. Uh, pitching staff, Noah Syndergaard and Walker Bueller. Um, I'm, I'm going to at least think about Luis Severino here, but probably go a different direction. I feel like with the idea that um, you want impact from every lineup spot, uh, even though I filled my infield, I don't think I mind filling that utility spot with Justin Turner because I feel like when he's in the lineup, he is that impactful. Uh, so I'm going to take him. Craig Kimbrell's still there. He's actually at the top of my rankings. Obviously, it makes me a little uncomfortable. He hasn't signed yet. Will Myers could be my first outfielder and give me some steals, which wouldn't be a bad thing, even with Mondesi there. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, you could go a little higher up. You know what? I'm looking a little further down here. Um, I think I'm going to go with Puig, Yasiel Puig, and make him my top outfielder instead of Will Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I might want to revisit that ranking. All right, so like we said, I mean, this is a good range for outfielders. The next pick is Jose Peraza, and now, Heath, you're on the clock. Tell us about your team and what you're going to do. Love, love, love my offense. I've got JT Realmuto, Freddie Freeman, Travis Shaw at second base, Matt Carpenter at third, Mitch Hanniger, and Andrew Benintendi, a very on-brand draft for me so far. My only pitcher is Max Scherzer. Um, I, the only thing I'm really worried about with my offense now is I've got to get steals. Yeah. And there will be a couple of very good steals guys that come back to me in the next round. So it's time to take my first closer, and it's my first closer, Roberto Osuna. Okay, there we go. So now your pitching staff this is This is why you always love your team. You have so many weird <laughs> – you have so many oddities in your I get brain. my guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that does ha- – you know – Always consider that. Fantasy analysts end up loving their team because they have guys on their team that they like more than others. Um, but Heath does not have speed. D. Gordon is still on the board, and there's a good chance he will be my pick. But we still have, like, Malik Smith, Billy Hamilton, guys like that. Um, now, it's tough to rely on, a like, a Billy Hamilton in a shallow league where you start only three outfielders and a utility um, because his his batting average is really going to affect your team. So I, I think I've set my team up to where I can handle at least one bad batting average and maybe another. And here's one thing about Billy Hamilton, especially when it looks like he's going to bat ninth. That's actually a good thing for his batting average because it won't hurt you as bad. Yeah, he's not going to have as many plate appearances. This isn't, this isn't something that we necessarily talk about a lot, but it's also true of of Joey Gallo because he walks so much that you're going to have fewer at bats to take away from. You know, you want your high batting average guys kind of to be low walk guys and, and leadoff hitters because that's where you're going to get the most impact from a high batting average. The opposite is true of low average guys. All right, I just took D. Gordon. So after Heath picked uh, Osuna, Felipe Vasquez went, David Price, Chris Archer, 90th overall, Madison Bumgarner, 91st overall, and I took D. Gordon. And I don't know how I feel about it because I already have Whit Merrifield. But considering I have Nolan Arenado and Aaron Judge, I have, you know, possibly the two home run leaders and RBI leaders, you know, so I was, I feel like I'm good at batting average. I, I believe in D Gordon, you know, so Merrifield, Arenado, Gordon, give me good batting average. I also have Eloy Jimenez. And my pitching staff right now is Kershaw, Strasburg, 
and Edwin Diaz. Gee, no, uh, no risks with my starting pitchers, Kershaw and Strasburg. Actually, I like my team. I do not need to focus on steals anymore. I have Merrifield and Gordon, so I will be looking for some power. I don't need to focus on batting average anymore, in my opinion, because I have Merrifield, Arenado, and Gordon. So I'll just, I'll just take the best available players going forward. And I think on my next pick, I'm going to be looking for my second closer, because I would like to end up with four of those. I will also consider starting pitcher. All right, Chris, you are on the clock. The last pitcher, the last picks were. Uh, Gordon to me, Matt Olson to Connor Henry, and Nelson Cruz to Caleb Van Horn. And Chris, tell us about your team and what you're going to do here. Well, that screwed me over. <laughs> I wanted Nelson Cruz there, and now I have to pivot. Um, one thing that that's interesting when you're picking in, in not just at the pivot, but where Heath and I are one or two picks behind the, or ahead of the pivot, you can look at what the teams around you need. And I can see that Tom Oganowski probably isn't going to take an outfielder because he's already got two, so I kind of want to fill my utility spot and then grab an outfielder coming back. I think that's going to work out, so that's why I'm taking Max Muncy here to fill in either my third base or utility spot. Max Muncy. Okay, and now Jesus Aguilar off the board. And now we are done with eight rounds. We are going to get to the ninth round and beyond. We'll be right back after this. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. So let's start here with round nine. Chris, you're on deck, and you just took Max Muncy two picks ago. Tom took Jesus Aguilar. Tom is still on the clock. This is 97 overall. This is a head-to-head categories league, 12 teams, one catcher, one first baseman, second base, third base, shortstop, three outfielders, utility, two starting pitchers, two relievers, and three pitcher spots, and there are five reserve rounds, so that gives us, I believe, 21 rounds of drafting, and we are on to round nine, and Craig Kimbrell's off the board. So now, Chris Towers, what are you going to do, sir? 
if we go through and let Scott pick the worst picks of round nine, I am about to make what will definitely be his list favorite pick because he hates this guy. <laughs> Marcelo Zuna, I think as long as the shoulder's right and, you know, after undergoing surgery, he's already playing in the field. He's going to be ready for opening day. You look at what he did last year. The overall numbers look like what he was in 2015, 2016. But if you look at the batted ball data, and he excels in exit velocity, number of hard hit balls, number of balls hit over 95 miles an hour. I think you can probably make the case that his overall numbers don't reflect how well he swung the bat last season. Now, the shoulder injury can lead to some inconsistency. Maybe he hit a lot of balls hard when he squared them up, but there were a lot more that he just couldn't get around to, and, and that could be an issue. But there are, I think, a lot of signs that maybe, okay, he can't be 2017 when he was, what, the number seven outfielder. Um, but I think there's top 12 potential uh, with Marcelo Zuna. And I wanted to get someone who can provide power. He's not going to steal any bases at all, but he should be helpful in power and run production. And I think he's going to be a 280-ish hitter. Yeah, I mean, not to start a prolonged Marcelo Zuna discussion, but um, you know, the my my it's it's hard to know how to account for the the injury variable, the shoulder. How much did it impact him? He said it had been bothering him for three years, so that that just adds another question to the equation. But the biggest issue is you'd look at what he did in 2017, and it, it's it's kind of the argument we've been making against Javier Baez. He was such an outlier in BABIP and, and home run to fly ball rate that it's unreasonable to expect him ever to do that again. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think 98, if you're confident in him, 98th overall where you took him is bad. His ADP, I think, is 74. So he's in my um, over... Yeah, overrated column looking at ADP. I have him more like 120, but I think it's like 139. Yeah, something like that. I hate him. <laughs> uh, and and to to back up my point a little bit more, he was in the 80th percentile in average exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. He was in like the 83rd percentile in barrel rate and uh, about the 87th percentile in percentage of balls hit over 95 miles per hour. This is still, I think, a very good bat. All right, let's. You, uh, you did not make the worst pick of round nine. Let's recap. Oh, Ahmed Rosario. <laughs> yeah, so steals are going a little early. So, so round nine, um, and this is what happens in categories leagues. So, Kimbrel, Marcelo Zuna, Sean Doolittle, Zach Wheeler. I took Brad Hand. He's my second closer. I have two starting pitchers and two closers right now through uh, nine rounds. Miles Michaelis, David Dahl, who was the other player I was considering. I took Brad Hand instead of Dahl. Malik Smith was taken. Ahmed Rosario was taken. I'm guessing that was the one that Scott really didn't like. Uh, Corey Knable to Heath and Jose Leclerc to Tim McLeod. I forgot how to pronounce his name. It's not McLeod. McLeod? 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 McLeod, I think. It's, it's not, not McLeod. McLeod. No, he corrected oh, me. Okay. It's not McLeod. Uh, Scott's on the clock. Fascinating discussion, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Severino. So, yeah, when there's so few hitter spots to fill, who cares if he's missing a month? I want impact. Severino this seems like great value. I'm taking him. Walker Buehler. Um, I agree Severino if ball. he misses a month. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it's it's interesting. Will Myers, who I debated a little bit last time, but that last round is still there. David Dahl isn't, who's my other exciting upside outfielder in addition to Puig. Um, but I don't want to waste a lineup spot 
I think Yas I think Yasmani Grandal is definitively the third best catcher. And I'm not confident a good one's going to make it back to me. I could see us going on a run here since they're all so closely ranked. So I'm going to take Grandal. Uh, but I do want to talk about Ahmed Rosario a little bit if we could. Mm-hmm. Because this, like, I don't, I don't understand the Ahmed, and I don't want to trash this guy's pick because I'm sure he has great reasons for taking him. But I, I don't understand the hype to begin with, um, considering, you know, his steals really took off when he moved to the leadoff spot, which he won't be batting anymore. His last couple months he hit 280, but at the ex- total expense of power. No on base skills. Like he's not a good hitter, and uh, I'm not confident he's going to be a big base stealer or even a 20 steal guy. Meanwhile, Gene Segura was still yeah. there. Like what? Like, <laughs> like yeah, in a best hoping, case scenario, we're hoping Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario can exactly. be Gene Segura with maybe 10 more. Steals. That's crazy. I, I don't even like Gene Segura at all. I thought I was going to have him in my bus column. He's, but if I can get him at pick 112, like Gene Segura is good. Yeah, right? he is. Like, he's gonna hit 300. He's gonna score a bunch of runs. He's gonna steal 20 bases he's gonna hit 10 to 15 homers maybe more in that park gene segura is good that's a great pick at yep. 111th overall it is it was really good it was a very good pick and, and, and brant oh 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 you darvish is fine brant just to so brant is the guy who took rosario he also has jonathan vr and he has christian yelich so I, I don't know it just seems like an overkill pick there you need you need rosario to really hit uh to to make that because you have vr like you, you, you can't take two of those guys to make one point, you know, we were discussing Rafael Devers earlier, and his ADP is probably a little later than uh, actually no, I don't think it's later than Ahmed Rosario. I think it's earlier. And what we're what we were talking about with Rafael Devers is what's the point? What's the reason for optimism, Heath? You like Rafael Devers a lot, but even you acknowledge that it's basically he's got to do something he's never done. It's basically betting on the pedigree. He yeah, needs to get better. He does need to get better. I I think he's probably done just a little bit more. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't Rosario. actually like I wasn't. Yeah, the 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 comparison between them. I and his minor Devers, league track record is looks like a good hitter. And he's hit right, but so does Ahmed Rosario. So right. Ahmed Rosario was routinely hitting well above 300 in the minors when he got called up. I think he was the number one or two prospect at that point. Um, yeah, and it wasn't that long ago. I think he just turned 22 or 23. He's still really young. He was a one of the top prospects in baseball a year and a half ago. So I don't I definitely would not have taken him at 95th. Um but when you can get him in like the 13th, 15th round range, I think it makes a lot more sense there because you're betting on pedigree, you're betting on upside at a point in the draft where you're just betting. And mm-hmm. it, you just have to find a reason to bet on someone. I like what Scott said about uh, taking Grandal. You know, it's, you want to stand out in this shallower format at every position if you can. So I took Wilson Contreras. I'll recap some of the picks here in round ten. Uh, Billy Hamilton just went off the board, but it was Grandal, then Ramos. So not the only ones who thought that. Gene Segura to Heath, Kirby Yates, Robinson Cano, Yu Darvish, Robbie Ray, Wilson Contreras to me, Will Myers. Uh, which I think is very good value in a categories league, 117th overall, Will Myers. And same with Michael Brantley, 118th overall. And then Chris took Billy Hamilton. So, Chris, uh, how are you doing? That was 119th overall. 120th overall was Matt Chapman. Chris, how is how are steals looking for you? What you got there? I'm good. Uh, yeah, they're good now. Uh, Hamilton. <laughs> I only have one roster spot to, to fill for hitters, uh, and that's either... Yeah, it's got to be second base at this point, so... I'm, yeah, 
I'm doing well. I have uh, Lorenzo Cain, Mookie Betts, and Billy hmm. Hamilton. Between the three of them, they should steal. Let me let me let me get in. Yeah, hundred bases. Well, hold on. You no, were I, arguably I, fine on stolen bases without Billy. Right. Hamilton. Now yeah. you're the best in the league. Why wouldn't you have that, taken? That a, seems like overkill. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have taken? Oh, a guy I don't like, agree because I have nobody else who's going to steal bases. So, like Joey Gallo is probably my fourth best stolen base guy. Okay. So why wouldn't you have taken a guy like Aaron Hicks, who might give you fifteen to twenty, along with Mookie Betts and Lorenzo Cain, instead of taking Billy Hamilton? Who just sucks at playing baseball? Because Aaron Hicks is already hurt. Okay. And, and Billy Hamilton doesn't suck. Yeah, like, he sucks. he's hit 240, 250 before. Which he's is been bad. a top 30 player. He's right, bad. but that's that's all he well, I, do. I think bad. I, I think actually Billy Hamilton is really demonstrative of the difference between a head-to-head categories in a roto league when you have nine hitter spots versus 14. Uh, I'm totally down with taking Hamilton as, as somebody who's going to carry you in steals when you have so many lineup spots to make up for shortcomings. But when you don't, I mean, he's sinking you and everything else. I just uh, got out of. Oh, well, um, take it back, because that's the guy I wanted. <laughs> I was are you so... fine with that, Chris? I'm fine with no! that. Yeah, I mean, he's it's Josh Donaldson. He's ah. he's on my bench for now, but I mean, I have enough risk. You should have taken the picture. You, you have. <laughs> I think you have a good excuse. So if you yeah. want, uh, right? We're podcasting, and I went yeah. on a a soliloquy about Billy Hamilton and the the mm-hmm. state of my team steals. But <laughs> I would have preferred to fill out my lineup with a second baseman. Admittedly, the second base options there aren't super great, in my opinion. Brian Dozier probably being the the top one. Um, and I said I was going to fill my my lineup before I take another starting pitcher. I'm sticking with it. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> okay. So I know what Scott's saying about uh, about Billy Hamilton, and it hurts. You know, it could hurt you more in a shallower format where you don't have all these other hitters to balance it out. But let's take a look. And, you know, you took Josh Donaldson. It really bothered me. That's what I was going to take. But then I decided I'll just take Edwin Encarnacion because I think they could be very similar. Um, all right. So let's go with the latest draft results. And after Hamilton, it was Matt Chapman. And then we have in the beginning of round 11 now, so 121st overall, Luis Castillo, Josh Donaldson, Jerickson Profar, Rysel Iglesias, Edwin Encarnacion, Sh- uh, Shane Bieber, 126 overall. Wade Davis. Great pick. Rafael Devers. And now Heath, you're on deck. And let me pick apart Heath's team. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a thing of beauty. I feel like you need speed. Am I wrong? I don't have your team. <laughs> I am borderline on speed right now. I'm, a lo- I'm low. I'm not going to win most weeks, but I'm not going to be a, close to the very bottom either, I don't think. Your pitching staff is interesting. You have Scherzer... Osuna and Knable, and now you're on the clock. I think I might have good ratios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do here? What, there are two outfielders left that should not be there at all. Um, two outfielders that should have been taken probably 30 picks ago. And I I struggle between the two of them, but I think one of them might steal 10 to 15 bases, and he's currently healthy. So I'm going to take Andrew McCutcheon and leave the other one. Oh, that's uh, that's actually not who I thought you were taking. McCutcheon, if I hadn't taken Hamilton, he would have been my pick to fill out my utility spot. Yeah, he's good, and he's in a great situation. He's best park of his life. This this could be one of the best seasons of Andrew McCutcheon's. Yeah, I, I think 25 homers and 10 steals could, could easily be in the cards with a, a better batting average than we've seen recently. Interesting. Okay, then Eduardo Rodriguez went a little earlier than I think we're used to seeing him go, 131st. Scott's on the clock. The other outfielders who are available, Aaron Hicks, Justin Upton, and Nick Castellanos, they're all hurt right now. But Eddie Rosario is also available. David Peralta, Jesse Winker, Stephen Piscotty. This is a little bit of an issue 
with the three outfielder leagues because I did like those values, but I already filled up outfield with Judge, mm-hmm. Eloy, and Gordon. And I had second base filled with Merrifield. So, you know, I could you could take one as a utility. That's totally fine. But just be aware that if you fill up outfield too early, you might have to leave some very good players on the board to fill other needs, uh, which is not necessarily a loss or anything, but it's just something you should be aware of. Scott takes Eddie Rosario here. And I think this is why Scott likes to wait at outfield. So you are getting good value. And he has Puig and Rosario. Scott has Grandal, Goldschmidt, Scooter Jeanette, Bregman, Mondesi, Rosario, and Puig. Do you feel like you need another speed guy? Because you basically just have Mondesi, Scott. Oh, Puig. Um, yeah, I mean, Puig should give me... I think he'll probably give me 20. Bregman steals some bases. Uh, Goldschmidt could bounce back to a degree. I'm, I'm actually not that worried about it. Um, you don't have a closer yet. You don't have a, you don't have any saves. I don't have a closer. And, and I feel my top closer remaining is Cody Allen. So I don't feel like now's a good time to take a closer. I think I'm going to take Nicholas Castellanos here as my third outfielder after taking Rosario as my second. Um, two guys who are, I should be in really good shape for batting average. That is one category. Like I, the Justin Upton was out there too, but he's so streaky and a head-to-head categories league, and he's going to bring down batting average. Uh, I actually rank him ahead, but I think I'd rather have the safe batting average guys in Castellanos and Rosario feel good about that category. And uh, my lineup is full. I'm agonizing a little bit. Okay, let's hear about it. <laughs> um, well, if I pitch, like my, I only have one hitter spot left. It's the utility. And uh, I think the guy I'm going to take will be there in a while. So with my pitching strategy, there are a couple of starters I could take for my second starting pitcher. This guy, I think, probably generally goes a little too early, but this might be his best format. So I'm going to take Josh Hader and just continue hopefully owning the ratios. And I do think the one thing about Hader, his ratios will be worse than they were last year. I think he's still probably going to be amongst the league leaders, maybe the league leader in strikeouts at relief pitcher. And if you've got Scherzer and Hader and Knable, you've got a chance, I think, to compete in strikeouts on a week-to-week basis. The the one thing with him is he was mortal after those first two just absolutely incredible months. Yeah. They stopped. They used him like a regular reliever. Like from June 1st on, he was basically on like a 77-inning pace. Now that would have come with 110 strikeouts. Right. He's awesome. <laughs> it's not necessarily an argument against him, but he had a three-ish ERA, a whip around one, maybe a little under. He was very good. I just think the most likely outcome for him is that he's very similar to Dellen Batances rather than this incredible standout who... It's possible. ...and like really put you ahead of the pack. I, I do think early in the year, if there's no Jeremy Jeffress, he probably sees that increased usage again. So one thing that I think Maybe. is is really interesting, guys, is that it's round twelve. I have four pitchers and two starters. So do two I. Really, yeah, how many do you have, Scott? Four. Uh, I have three and one Severino, so two and a half. <laughs> and Chris, how about you? Oh, only two. I'm this a man is, of my word. This Adam. is the difference in a head-to-head categories league. Um, you know, this is just this is just why it's different, and I. My my well, pitchers are how and in, in well, what way? I'm I not. I would not have I don't what I would not have two starters and two relievers in this a is, in a. I think in, what what you I ahead. think what you want to say is non closing relievers are a lot more valuable in this format, as Heath has pointed out over the years, and and so there's not as much of an onus mm-hmm. on making sure you get 
top flight uh, or, or even no. really you want the top flight pitchers. Yeah. You don't want yeah. You don't want to fill out. You don't need to fill out your staff with guys who are going to win twelve games with a three seventy RA. Right. right. I, I don't. They have agree less either. value relatively. I don't agree about. Yeah. I don't want middle relievers. I want guys who are starters or, or closers, ideally. You don't want middle relievers, but there's a. They present a a much more useful fallback in this format than any other. That's that's, that's, that's how I'd sum it up. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Agreed. And I think we're all on board with the idea these stud pitchers are just so far ahead of everyone else at the position that like you want them in every format. It's just how much uh like Chris was saying, like how how much can you wait beyond that? And I think that's very dependent on format. Okay, so we're done with uh with twelve rounds. I'll go ahead and recap round twelve and you can tell me good, bad picks. I took Garrett Hampson in that round. I would love to get your thoughts on that. Here's what round 12 looked like. Castellanos, Moustakas, Hayter, Hendricks, Morton, Winker, Buxton, Hampson, Pavetta, Kikuchi, Dozier, and Posey. Posey's a good value there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic as as you are, Heath, about him bouncing back. I think he just kind of is this now, especially... At his age, coming off a hip injury or, or hip surgery, but he should still be a catcher who gives you something. God, Chris, always taking my guys. Chris took Jordan Hicks. That's who I was hoping to take. Mm. He's he's going to be the closer. That's, that's clearly the earliest he's gone in any any draft. I, not that I don't think it's deserved. Yeah, like you were, I cut you off from saying, Adam. I think he's clearly going to be the Cardinals' closer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want an upside with my with one of my with my relievers. Yeah, that that's I'm going for upside with the rest of my pitching staff. You know, I guess the question there with Hicks is what happens with Carlos Martinez and Alex Reyes. I don't really worry about Miller, Andrew Miller impacting his steals total that much, but those two it's just hard to know what direction they're going. Oh, Mike Fultonevich just went. I was actually thinking about taking multi- Mike Fultonevich for maybe the first time ever. More like Moldenevich. Yeah. <laughs> what you were about to say. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how Justin Upton is still on the board. Pick a hundred. He was the guy two rounds ago that I was talking about how it was stupid. He was still there. I mean, yeah. he is currently hurt, I guess. Um, but I mean, how much do you guys? Because this is this is the sort of um, idea that you really need a significant sample size to give it any cre- credit. But like, he is a wildly streaky player a guy who will have like a 12 homer month at some point during the season and so while i would have definitely taken him over castellanos in a roto league i feel like in this format where like there's going to be a couple weeks where he wins you all the offensive categories but then there's going to be so many where he just drags you down and you're like can i bench this guy no because he's justin upton and who knows when he's going to have that monster week like that, it, it's hard to play that game because I feel like there isn't you can't a lot of predictability with that. But with Justin Upton, he's I, been around so long and done it so often. Right, but like last year, I don't know how it broke down week to week, but it was sub seven hundred OPS in April, March, and then terrible four straight months of at least eight hundred with two of nine hundred, and then he was not good in uh, September. I don't, I don't know how you look at that and say, all right, I know when to sit Justin Upton. That's what he's exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. but, but that's, I don't think you, you can worry about it. Well, I'm right. not, I, I'd rather not it. have to worry about I it. I won't worry about it at pick 154 at all. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, he should go now, obviously. And Heath um, took him. He already did. So, uh, so this round, round 13, is, I'll read the results. Uh, Cole Hamels, Jordan Hicks, Danny Jansen, Yadier Molina, Tyler Glass now, and we are, we, you know, catcher sucks now. Um, cause Molina and Jansen are off the board. Tyler Glass now, Fultonevich, Cody Allen, David Robertson, Jose Alvarado, Justin Upton, and Nick Senzel, and now Scott will make the last pick of round 13, which is 156 overall. And I gotta tell you something, I got a problem. I, cause I think my pitching staff's gonna be bad now, cause I, I have a tweener staff. Cause I, I'm not starting pitcher heavy, and I'm not relief pitcher heavy, and now all the guys that I, like, f- feel very confident about getting saves, not all of them, but a lot of them are gone. So, there's still Ken Giles, there's Matt Barnes, there's Will Smith. I guess, I guess I could feel pretty good taking a third. Uh, Column A. I am so happy with my most recent pick. You just took who? Rich Hill? Rich Hill. God, is there any pick that fits, you don't love? I, like, you can't Which just be... fits in perfectly, I think, in this, I'm gonna tell you why this is a good pick in this format. Because when he pitches, he's going to pitch deep, strike out a bunch of batters, and give you good ratios. And you only have to, if you're going with this approach, you only have to have two to three starting pitchers anyway, and so it won't be hard to replace him. That is true. Uh, he's a good a pitcher good for this approach. Um, and, and you know, it, I like. I just took Jay Happ and John Gray. I like them both more. Uh, I think they could do Rich Hill things without all the injury risk. Hey, Scott, I just want to say one what? thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, wait, it's not working. Hold on, Scott. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll get it to work. <laughs> failure there. T- uh, technical Great. failure. Scott, is that it? No. Oh, no, no. We're saying that John Gray uh, and Jay Happ can do Rich Hill things? Maybe he wanted the Heath is on. No, oh, I have. I, I have a, hope not. I have a John Gray thing, but my iPad is messing up, so I have to fix it. You, thought that, you thought that was a bad take? No, well, no. I don't think that, no, was, they're just to- totally different. They can't do Rich Hill things. Sure they can. They both have big strikeout ability. They both um, can give you low whip with a mid three ZRA. Well, I think I think Hill can be John Gray and Jay Happ can get hurt. That's not fair. They can absolutely sure they can. without getting hurt. They can, yeah, but I mean, Rich Hill, you know, he's he's just making a joke. Oh, okay. I'm not well. Acting. I missed the joke too. Uh, I don't think Jay Happ can do Rich Hill things. I think he can do good things that don't resemble Rich Hill much. Well, just, I think John Gray absolutely year. can. It was, it was but basically it was a, Rich Hill last stri- year, just The strikeout rate was, was an outline. I think Jay, Jay still, Happ has... And still gener- below Rich Hill's yeah, last th- year or the year before. I think Jay Happ has generally been underrated in fantasy. I think he's probably... Like, he usually goes 100 picks later than this um, in what? previous years. In, oh, in previous years. Right. Now I, he's probably being properly rated, maybe. I don't know why we think... Why the fantasy community at large is treating him as a different guy? I mean, he was better. His fastball played up. I I, I think there was a difference in how he where he located his fastball in the strike zone. I, th- I think that's the background behind it. But I mean, he's thirty four. Yeah, thirty six. Thirty six. The Yankees aren't the team that I would expect to find a way to play up a guy's fastball. But it's I, already happened. Yeah, for two months. No, he was good with the Yankees last year too. It wasn't just two months. Was he with the Yankees the whole year? No. Yeah, that's he, what I mean. He got traded to the Yankees. Yeah, that's what I mean. He was with the Yankees for two months. Okay. Okay. I mean it was it was a really good year. I think the down I think the, the downside is high. Does that make sense? Uh high floor. High floor. And uh obviously a ton of win potential for the Yankees. So I'm I'm you know, as my 
fourth starting pitcher. Uh, and the thing is, I have five now. I, I may not need to draft another. I, I feel like I got five pitchers with um, impactful ceilings and, um, you know, don't have to fill out a rotation with marginal innings eaters now. Okay. Well, let's recap what's going on in the draft. Oh, because a lot of things have, we are down with 14 rounds. Good stuff. We're going to give you the whole thing, by the way. Uh, round 14, John Gray, Jesus Lazardo, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, Carlos Santana, Francisco Mejia, Ken Giles. I took Aaron Hicks, Chris Paddock, uh, was, oh, not an interesting pick, 165th overall, Will Smith, Matt Barnes, David Peralta. So here come all the closers, uh, that, not all, but a lot of the closers that we don't know if they have the job. Um, mm. such as Strickland and Matt Barnes and Will Smith. It's a good guess that they have very the early for a lot of these guys. It's, it's definitely throwing off my calculation because I don't have one yet. Um, but I think that's, that's a format specific thing too. You may be punting safe. Yeah, you're punting. Maybe. <laughs> no, there's a nah. couple out there still. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily. Um, I think I have to take a closer with my next pick. They're just, I, I wanted to have four. I have yeah. two right now and it has to happen. Like it, it's going to be from our, sensibilities is going to be too early for any of the guys you'd be taking now, but the draft is dictated that they've all, um, you know, the higher end guys went about in the normal range and now these lower end guys are going. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to seem early. So it's going to come down to a Rotoswiss or Archie Bradley for me. And who would you guys take? Bradley. Oh, as much as you, you can't have him. <laughs> it just went. I wrote as Vizcaino it is. Um, and then I guess I will have to put Minter in my queue and maybe take him with a late pick and see how that plays out. And I could always, like if Vizcaino early in the year, we're not playing this out, but uh, if Vizcaino early in the year, we're getting all the saves and this whole thing about uh, sharing with Minter were, were bogus, I would just drop Minter and move on from there. But also Minter, I think, could just give good ratios and, and be a good, a usable pitcher, even though I don't want middle relievers. In this situation, where I'm sort of handcuffing, uh, it's not so bad. So, Keich- so a lot of pitchers are going to go now. I, get, I think Keuchel, Jimmy Nelson, Brandon Nimmo. Chris took Jimmy Nelson, by the way. Nimmo, Archie Bradley. I took Vizcaino. Miguel Cabrera, 174th overall. We never talk about him. Followed by Brad Peacock and Ian Desmond. Somebody talk about Miguel Cabrera, 174th overall. Uh, he pulled off a hidden ball trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was neat. <laughs> Talked about that. Uh, no, there, there's a chance that Miguel Cabrera bounces back. Um, he should be able to DH more, and maybe that'll work. I'm skeptical, but in what 174th, there's we are at the no downside. Like just just make your call part of the draft, and Miguel Cabrera could still be a top 50 player. It's not what I think is going to happen, but it's absolutely possible. Okay, I'm going to give this another shot. Scott, this is what I was trying to play for you earlier. Let's see if it works. Here we go. John Gray, you can draft him if you want to. There we go. It worked. So, uh, yeah, that was one of our podcast submissions, podcast league submissions. They're amazing, by the way. We're getting so many good songs. Yeah, they're amazing. It's incredible. I'll just let this one play in the background. Uh, not all of the songs are in, by the way. If you didn't do a song and dance, it doesn't mean you're not in the podcast league. But This is a great one. I'm going to play this this one on Monday's show. 
because it's so funny. Um, He's just tagging on to the end of the episode. Scott, Scott refuses to listen to it. Who, who, who knew we had such talented so listeners? Good. Me. I always believed in them. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I have no idea what we're talking about now. Um, we talked about Miguel Cabrera. After Cabrera was picked, um, Ian Desmond. 176 overall for Desmond, who might give you 2020. No, he won't. He might. I'm he grooving, won't. I'm grooving. More likely, Love that Chris, line. Ian Desmond gives you 2020 or gives you 20 of neither. Of definitely twenty of neither. He should be benched. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill that. Uh, anyway, uh, Ross Stripling. After that, he took Paul DeYoung. Love it. He's great pick. Nomar Mazzara and Scott took Alex Colome. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. That's he's loving what all of his picks. Oh, he loves all his uh, picks. Okay. So, and Scott, <laughs> I mean, it was probably fifty spots after Paul DeYoung should be taken. Exactly. And in a week where I play Chris or somebody that has a ton of steals, I'd rather start him at shortstop than Gene Segura. That's an interesting strategy. I like that. That's a good take, kind of based on your it's opponent's probably 40 lineup. picks before you needed to take him. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true also. Uh, so Scott took Alex Colome and Luke Voigt. Trevor May comes off the board. And now Heath is up. Heath, uh, who are you going to steal? Oh, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Heath. It's your pick. Uh, I'm going to uh, take Pedro Strope. I wanted one more guy that's going to get some saves at the beginning of the year. I don't feel quite as confident that Scott does, that he'll be the closer for the entire season. I do think it's definitely a possibility. This gives me Knable, Ozuna, and Strope as my three closers. I've got Josh Hader as a middle reliever. I've got a team ERA of like 2.5. Everything's going great. <laughs> okay. I you... was going to say, yeah. this is like, I honestly don't know what to do at this <laughs> stage of the draft. Because in a normal head-to-head league, like a head-to-head points league, like we normally play, load up your bench with pitchers to take advantage of two-start weeks. But when you're preserving your ratios, um, you know, that's that's not the greatest approach. Relievers, Scott. Best well, player no, available. There's going to be so many on the waiver wire. Like, I don't want to use my precious draft picks on them either. For me, it's just at this point almost entirely about upside. Yeah. I just want guys that could possibly be stars. And I don't care if we're 50 spots away from their ADP or my ranking. Up. Yeah. Well, that, that's basically what I decided to do, taking Luke Voigt with my 16th pick. Because if, if all goes right for him in that lineup, I think he's a 290 hitter with 30-plus homers, ton of RBI. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm take Greg Bird. I am going to Tyler Skaggs. I'm going to take him uh, here 188th overall as my last. Are you taking pitcher. him just so you could have an excuse to play that clip? Because I think that I think that's true. I, I thought we must be ending the draft after this round, and that's the only reason that he's taking him this early. 180, 190th overall. That's early. 188th overall. Whatever. Fine. Don't listen to them, Adam. There's no They're bullies. Su- there's no such thing anymore as reaches. Like, just take who you want. We only have five picks left. There's yeah, five picks left. So uh, we're finishing up round 16. Some of the guys off the board. Oh, Ender Enciarte. I like that pick. That's a nice pick. Uh, Marco Gonzalez to Kayla. Then Chris took Andrew Miller. Did you take Good Andrew pick. Miller because you have Jordan Hicks, or did you just take Andrew Miller? No, I've been whispering to Scott that he should take middle relievers, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the, yes. I'm going to take the guys who can strike out 100 batters and give me a 2-3 ERA and I won't really miss a starting pitcher. I assume Batanzas is next. 
It depends what Tom Oganowski does. Well, Tom Tom selected maybe the my new biggest concern really of scared. spring training, Colin McHugh, who got lit up yesterday by the Marlins B team. He's made three or four appearances now, totaling 5.2 innings. He's faced about 15 innings worth of batters. He's been awful. The velocity's been down a little bit. I'm a little worried about McHugh. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, he's a veteran pitcher, and normally we know, so the velocity has been down a little. A couple miles an hour. A couple miles per hour. I mean, a lot of times veteran pitchers are just working on stuff. and. But he's not exactly a veteran pitcher with an extensive enough track record as a starter. He, he had about three or four years. I, I don't know. I'm... I hear you. It's been an awful spring. He's not good enough to overlook a starting, uh, an awful spring. And yeah. You should take it well, into account. Considering yeah. it's round 16, I mean, if yeah. you're pursuing upside, I think he certainly fits the bill. I remember the year after uh, Rich Hill had that awesome five-start stretch with the Red Sox where we were like, well, what's up with this Rich Hill guy? The Athletics gave him a one-year deal just to try him out. He was awful that spring. And I, I got I got scared away of drafting him, even though I was hyping him as a sleeper all preseason. Goes on and has a dominant year. <laughs> so you get, you got to be careful with that stuff when you know the upside is there. In my opinion, I don't think Colin McHugh's really ever been that good of a starting pitcher, though. And I don't, I don't want to base, uh, you know, our expectations on him, our expectations for him this year on what he did out of the bullpen. He's been a very hit. He had the Brad Peacock slider. I mean, it's, he added a dominant pinch to what already was a pretty impressive arsenal. Yes. Okay. Uh, Heath, another great pick for Heath. Julio yes, Urias. Julio Urias, just outside of the top 200 overall. To pair him up with Rich Hill, I've almost got a full-time starter now. <laughs> it must be so hard to be married to you. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm always happy. <laughs> but everybody else isn't. Uh, uh, so uh, let's talk about our let's talk about our teams. Okay, we have all of our starters. We're ba- our drafting reserves now. Chris, you had the second pick, and um, kind of slowly take us through your team. First hitters, and we'll talk about it, and then pitchers. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Mookie Betts was my pick at number two overall. It's kind of the, it's the obvious pick. It's Heath's number one overall player. Um, so my lineup right now is Gary Sanchez, Joey Gallo, Brian Dozier, Max Muncy, Corey Seager, Lorenzo Kane, Marcelo Zuna, Mookie Betts, and Billy Hamilton. Great. I think it's a nicely balanced team. There's some risk, especially with batting average. That's the one place that I could okay. be a little bit concerned slow about my lineup. It, slow it down for the list. I know it's hard for listeners, so just say it one more time. Just kind of pace yourself. But Gary Sanchez, Joey Gallo, Brian Dozier, Max Muncy, Corey Seager, Lorenzo Cain, Marcelo Zuna, Mookie Betts, and Billy Hamilton. Very nice. Beautifully that is delivered. my starting lineup. I have Josh Donaldson coming off the bench. Um there's there's some flexibility here, so I'm really happy with the lineup. And then my start my my pitching staff, I got my two aces in Trevor Bauer and Aaron Nola. They're they're two of the starting pitchers that I like the most this year, um, especially in that second third round range. Uh, my closers, I've got my the rest of my pitching staff is all relievers plus Jimmy Nelson right now. So Jimmy Nelson is an upside starting pitcher play. Uh, Matt Barnes, Jordan Hicks. Andrew Miller, Dallin Batances, there is an obvious trend there. It's four guys who could strike out 100 batters this season. Um, Jordan Hicks is probably the the one that I'm least uh, sure of. He was also the first one that I took 
but I really like the combination of like I can compete in strikeouts with someone who went with five starters with this team, I think. Um, and now I'm probably going to continue to target good relievers, probably not closers, but good middle relievers, and then just upside starting pitcher plays. I might not take another hitter. And how did you feel now in retrospect about taking two pitchers with your first two picks? Or no, I'm sorry. I'm happy with it. With Betts, Bauer, Nola. I'm I'm happy with it. I think it worked out really well at that point in the draft. If you're bat if you're at the top of the first round, I think taking one of those elite hitters and then grabbing a couple starting pitchers is absolutely a viable way to go. I just think what I then did was filled out my entire starting lineup before I took another starting pitcher or another pitcher. And that is, I think, the way you should go if you go two aces in this format because you're pretty good on pitcher no matter what's going to happen after that. Okay, so uh, I just took Hunter Strickland uh, like 210th overall, and I really think he's going to be their closer, so I'm happy about that pick. And I want four closers, so that was kind of my goal coming in. Two starters, two relievers, three pitcher spots. I wanted four closers. Obviously, you don't have to start four closers every week, but you want the options. So I had the fifth overall pick. I took Nolan Arenado and Aaron Judge with my first two picks. And when you do that, you know you're good at RBIs, you're good with runs, you're good with home runs. You're probably pretty good with batting average, as long as these guys hit. So um, that's that means you need some speed. Third round, I took Whit Merrifield. I'll just give you the rest of my team. So it's Wilson Contreras and Edwin Encarnacion, Whit Merrifield, Nolan Arenado, Garrett Hampson at short, Aaron Judge, Eloy Jimenez, and Aaron Hicks in the outfield with D. Gordon at utility. I could use him at second or outfield. Um, but I've got my speed with Merrifield and D. Gordon. I've got my power, power with Arenado, Aaron Judge, Eloy Jimenez, Edwin Encarnacion. I have a lot of good batting average here. Garrett Hampson gives me some speed as well. Actually, I really like my hitters. My pitchers, if everything goes right, I feel like I would have an amazing team. I have uh, Strasburg and Kershaw. And I have Brad Hand and Edwin Diaz. Those were the first four pitchers I took. Uh, not in that order, but Strasburg, Kershaw, Diaz, and Hand. I also have Arotis Viscaino and Hunter Strickland. Tyler Glass now, Tyler Skaggs, and, and Gregory Polanco is my bench hitter right now. I'm very happy with this team. I think the risk is Kershaw, Strasburg, Skaggs, Glass now. My starting pitching could be terrible. Well, it could be, could be terrible, but I think the hitting's really balanced. I think I'm good at, in every category, to be honest. Does anybody? Yeah, I think your starting pitcher, pitching could have terrible stretches. I don't think. It'll be terrible, and obviously you don't need the volume of innings in this format that you do in a points league, or even I would say a roto league, um, just because it's so segmented when you're rewarded, you know, mm-hmm. week by week, as opposed to for the full season. Um, you do have a lot of like you got some high average guys and some low average guys, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the course of the season. If that's a strength for you or a weakness, I can say based on the projections, um, Adam, last time I looked had the second worst batting average. What really? But be- better only than Chris Towers. All right. So, so explain that to me. Cause I don't really get that. Like I have Arenado, I have Merrifield. 
Judge probably hit 270 or so. Jimenez should be good with batting average. Now, it's, what are their projections for D. Gordon? Because I really think D. Gordon can hit 300. Yeah. Garrett Hampson's I supposed mean, to be good at batting average. Uh, I don't get that. 76. That's not very good for Gordon. Obviously, he could be a lot better. That's the thing about this exercise is it's only as valuable as it is as the projections are accurate. So, um, sure. But your batting average is terrible. But I look at your lineup. Edwin Encarnacion's a liability uh, in batting average. Aaron Hicks is too. Um, the rest are fine. You're relying on guys who have question marks or in Garrett Hampson and Eloy Jimenez's case, guys who haven't done it. Um, you know, I think Aaron Hicks could bat 275, but he hasn't really done that. I think Eloy Jimenez could step on the field and hit 290 right now. I think Garrett Hampson should hit for a high average, but it's a risky batting average group. Um, because you've got about as many proven bad batting average guys as you do proven good batting average. And something that's really impressive, Scott has more of 150 more at-bats than I do. He's got 1,400 more at-bats right now projected than Adam does. And he has a six-point lead on the field in batting average at 287. Okay. Yeah, that, I wanted to make sure I was good at batting average. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go to Heat's team real quick then, Scott. We're... About done here. It's a 21 round draft and we're about to finish round 19. So Heath, you had the 10th pick and how did it turn out? Well, fantastic. I mean, haven't you been listening to the podcast? I've got JT Realmuto, Freddie Freeman, Travis Shaw, Matt Carpenter, and Gene Segura as my infield. My outfield is Andrew McCutcheon, Andrew Benintendi, and Mitch Hanniger. I've also got Justin Upton. Adam or Adam Eaton and Paul DeYoung as my other possible options as utility or filling in for some of those spots. I have three starting pitchers, Max Scherzer, Rich Hill, and Julio Urias. I probably only use two most most weeks. And then I've got uh, I've got quite a bullpen. Roberto Ozuna, Corey Knebel, Pedro Pedro Strope, Josh Hader, and just recently I picked up Sir Anthony Dominguez. I'm trying to decide if I want to go with another reliever or look for an upside starter here in the 20th round. And I think I'm going to have to... Ooh, there's two guys left that I really think have quite a bit of upside, especially at this point in the draft. I'm going to go with Zach Godley. Okay. Yep. Definitely still some good starting pitchers left. Uh, Son- oh, Sonny Gray was going to be my pick. He just went. I think I'm going to have to start considering And there's Carlos some good Martinez. starting pitchers left. <laughs> um... Carlos Martinez still on the board. He probably should get drafted. It's 233 right now. I don't think he will. What if I do? If he's there for um, Mr. Irrelevant, I'll, I'll take him. I have a relief pitcher spot open, and he's eligible there, so I would take him. But we'll see. So you really, you guys really don't think Carlos Martinez is going to be a starter this year? I think he could be. I think it may be June. Okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it... Still 30-33? No. No, I, I think it's, I mean, at some point making a start this year, it's probably, it's probably better than 50-50 of making a start yeah. eventually, but there's a reasonable chance he's just the setup man all year. Is Kyle, That's kind of how they were talking even before he was hurt. Is Kyle Tucker worth drafting? I think so. Yeah, if you're stocking your bench with upside. Done, took him. All right, Scott, you had, my you had the last pick. You know, you had a couple of pitchers fall way below their ADP. Obviously, one of them injury-related. Luis Severino, you took in the middle rounds. But Walker Bueller, you took 60th overall. Um, but, yeah, what do you? how do you feel about your team in this head-to-head categories league? 
I like it. I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to have a saves problem early on, not really going to compete in that category. I have column A, who I can move in and out of the lineup when and I, whenever I feel like I have a chance of competing, and there will be closers that emerge off the waiver wire in a 12-team league. I, I think it eventually that won't be something I'm sweating so much. Uh, I think I have a lot of impact both in my lineup and my pitching staff. I'll go through the lineup now if you want. Grandal the catcher, Goldschmidt first base, Scooter Jeanette second, Bregman third base. Slow it down. Adalberto Mondesi nice. shortstop, uh, who I'm relying on primarily for steals, but there's some 10 to 15 steal guys in there. My outfield is Yasiel Puig, Eddie Rosario, Nicholas Castellanos, my utility players, Justin Turner. I mean, these are all must-start bats in any format. And um, going to be great for batting average. Don't really have any home run liabilities. And I think have enough steals. So I feel good about that. Pitching staff, Noah Syndergaard, Walker Bueller, um, Luis Severino. Have to wait for him. Fine. Fourth and fifth starters are Jay Happ and John Gray. I, I think there's a lot of upside with that five-man rotation. Um, and then Gray. for my, my bench, my last two pitcher picks were Joey Lucchese and, and Josh James. Do you guys want to see Team so, Sam get into a fight? Okay, let's do it. Let's fight. Put up your dukes. You cannot say that, that Nick Castellanos and Eddie Rosario are must-starts in any format. I can't? <laughs> what format would what format would you not be starting them in? Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Adam's right. They're must drafts. If we They're if we start. start like an eight team head to head points league, no, you're probably not starting <laughs> no. Nicholas Castellanos no. or Eddie Rosario. Ever. If you shrink it enough, I guess. No, well, what format are you? Okay. 12, twelve team, even this league, like you are going to have hit. They're fine. They're good. They're fine. They're solid. They have to be drafted. But throughout the year, you're going to have hot hitters that you pick up. That you can start over guys like Eddie Rosario and Nick Castellanos. Like they're not league I mean, winners. Eddie, for Rosa- you. Eddie Rosario and Nick Castellanos are going to get hot too. Yeah, I know they're going to be at times they're going to be must start, but they're not like leaving your lineup. Don't even think about it. I mean, they're both probably going to end up hitting right around two eighty five with good power and as good but run production as you they're can get. Not I mean, great. I'll, I'll put it this way: if you're if you ever get to a point where you're able to debate. Whether you can, whether or not you can start Rosario or this other interesting guy who emerged on your bench, you're in a great spot. You're you're yeah. in really good shape. I, I'm not saying that definitely won't happen in three outfielder league. I guess you're technically right, but like nobody, rarely is somebody looking at their team seeing Eddie Rosario in their third outfield spot and saying, "Man, I need to upgrade there." Like, it just doesn't happen. I agree with that, but if I had Castellanos and Rosario as two and three. Well, then I better have a great infield, which you do. So, and that's how you draft, which is totally fine. Um, and, uh, you, you gotta be able to take Carlos Martinez with the last pick of the draft. Way to go. Uh, any, if there are any late round picks? We have three picks left in the draft. If there are any late round picks that, uh, stood out to you guys that you want to talk about that were particularly good or bad? I'm having a hard time deciding right now which really good late round pick I'm going to make. <laughs> My last pick on the clock. There are two starting pitchers I think definitely should be drafted and probably should have been drafted before now. Uh, the Sean Newcomb, who I believe has some upside, and then Jake Arietta is still there, and he's probably going to be better than he was last year, and he's definitely going to be worthy of being owned in this league. I'm going to go with Newcomb, though. Oh, I, I'm upside. I just don't see it with Newcomb. Like, fight. I didn't see it last year, and he wasn't very good. 
he was he was very good. Not very good. He was he was not. Bad. I said he wasn't very good. He was good. <laughs> he wasn't very good. No, <laughs> I I just he hasn't really shown a lot of signs of getting the control uh, fixed, and he just doesn't miss as many bats as you think he he does. I mean, look, he could take a Mike Fultonevich lead. That's not out of the question. The same team that got it out of Fulte could get it out of Newcomb. But he is better than Fulte was before his leap. Maybe. I don't know. Like I, I don't yeah, know he if definitely the was. defense independent pitching stats would say that. It's it's just I feel like it's another an investment in Newcomb is another kind of like we were saying with Devers. Um, except it's even harder with pitchers, I feel like. Just blind faith in the pedigree. Hope he breaks through. And look, I just took Reynaldo Lopez. So it's kind of the same thing there. Um, you know, I, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, look, it's the last pick of the draft. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, probably was, drop him. there was a good stretch. Jose Martinez, Luke Weaver, Andrew Heaney, Eric Hosmer, Caleb Smith, Kyle Wright. Jeff McNeil, Tyler White, good good players that, you know, it's not that deep. It's 240 overall there, 252 players drafted. So um, you can get good value with your last round picks, and you'll be able to get good value on the waiver wire. You should always keep that in mind when you draft. And that is going to wrap it up. Our head-to-head categories draft is complete. You can see the results on cbssports.com slash fantasy slash baseball. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Heath. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to our video producers. For, uh, for all for my hand wringing at the start, I made it through without tilting one. <laughs> it's a win. <laughs> it's I'm a win. Exhausted. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And now uh, I'm going to make this into a podcast. So thank you all for listening and watching. And we will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. See you later.